Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Navigating the Work Compass. My name is Kate Luzio. I'm the founder and CEO of Luminary, and I'm here with my co-host, Susan Chapman-Hughes. Hello. And every week we get together, some just us, some with guests, and talk about what it's like right now as we navigate the workforce, the workplace, and everything in between, not just for employees and everyone looking at what's next in their life, but also for leaders and managers and providing real advice and tips. So Susan, we had a great text chat earlier around connected leadership, but more broadly about how leaders are leading and some cases. So do you want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. So thanks, Kate. It's great to see all of you all. It's great to be back with you on Navigating the Work Compass. Um, so this week, I don't know if you've seen or if any of you all saw my post on LinkedIn, but um, I've been having conversations with several people. I've, many of you all know I coach a lot of folks and people call me for advice. And there was a theme that has been running uh, for the last couple of weeks that I find fascinating, especially given the times that we're in. And this is the post that I um, I posted. I said, recently, I've heard more stories of leaders, in quotes, being mean, dishonest, and disrespectful to their team members. It's not okay. It really doesn't take that much to be kind, thoughtful, and respectful, all while leading your team to deliver excellent results and manage through challenges. Your employees will remember how you treat them. And so I posted it. And... Um, all of a sudden, like a couple of the other posts where I like struck a nerve, it's going viral. So <laughs> what we thought we'd do today is just talk about like what's happening, uh, what's up with these, I shouldn't call them crazy, but like really mean, selfish, not so nice people who happen to be in leadership uh, supporting our people. And so we thought we'd just give, talk about the, what we're hearing about it, number one today, Talk about like, hey, leaders, get yourself together. Here's what you need to be in order to not be perceived as being mean, disrespectful, dishonest, um, gaslighting. I mean, that came up several times in the comments as well yeah. as people have reached out to me about this whole com conversation around gaslighting. And then we wanted to talk to employees about like, well, look, if your leader is behaving this way and this is who they are, what do you do? Like, how do you navigate? Um how do you think about it? So and, I think the, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. And I would just add, I think this, the pandemic and the fact, and we've talked about this before around work, whether you're working from, from somewhere, you're not in an office, maybe you're in an office, uh, new people leaders in the pandemic that maybe haven't had training before. I think this is exacerbated um, for managers and leaders and, and further with the idea of proximity bias. And one of the things, Susan, as I was reading your post and then reading some of the comments is, it's also a lot of insecurity in these leaders um, yes. and their tendency in their gaslighting in the way they, they manage to micromanage. And, and I read an article recently that micromanagement is proximity bias's best friend. And so as things come back to whatever normal is, and as people do go back into an office and some don't, this is going to come to a head. Yes, it absolutely will come to a head. So, so let's talk about these leaders, right? So you've, you've met them before. You've seen these people. <laughs> they are, you know, sometimes sheeps and wolves clothing. Sometimes they are just outright mean. 
sometimes you walk away from an interaction with them and you're like, wait, what just happened? Was I, am I crazy? Does that, do I actually like, is this actually really? And so I just want to just tell you, first of all, that if you're feeling that way about your leader or leaders you're working with, odds are you probably are right. So trust your gut on this, right? People will show you. I think Maya Angelou has a, oh, actually um, um, somebody, uh, yeah, it's Maya Angelou. She had a quote that she said, people will show you who they are. It's up to you to believe them. And I think oftentimes um, people exhibit these behaviors, but because you want the best for them, or you want to like believe that they wouldn't possibly behave that way they couldn't possibly be doing these things, then you wanna give them the benefit of the doubt. And um, the reality of the situation is, is like, mm, no, most times you're actually right. And particularly for women and for people of color, this is like a dynamic that they are oftentimes um, having to face. Uh, and it's driven by a lot of different things. But I just wanna acknowledge the fact that first of all, you're not crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these are things that are actually real. People do behave in this way. Some of you all may know I'm writing this book on um, connected leadership and followership. And um, the chapter I'm working on right now is all about this conversation of, uh, of people putting leaders on a pedestal because of their titles. Yeah. And they're not really earning it. And then not living up to the uh, living up to the title or the expectation of the title. And then oftentimes, you know, they um, engage in this behavior. So one of the interesting comments uh, in reaction to my uh, post was this woman said, you know, um, yeah, this is true, but, you know, we have to recognize that these people are damaged. They are, what, is, what else does she say? She's like, you know, they're not, they're, they're, they've got issues. They've got so all this other stuff, you can go on LinkedIn and read it, but basically we have to call them out. And my response to her was like, yeah, they are damaged. Yeah, they are problematic. Yeah, they are. But we have to be careful about who the we is. Yep. Uh, because the we oftentimes ends up falling on the people who are the ones who are being abused candidly and or treated really badly. And that's not your responsibility. So I think the first thing I just want to say is like, look, if it's happening to you, um, you should say something, you should engage. And we'll talk more about how to do that in this broadcast, but it's not your fault. Like, so, cause sometimes people are like, well, if, if I just yes. change, if I just am more like them, or if I just, you know, behave in a way that, you know, makes them feel comfortable all the time, then maybe um, things will change. And oftentimes that's just not the case. I also think, Susan, it's, you know, as you think about this relationship that you have with a leader, right? Number one, are they the leader within your organization? Are they your team leader? Are they a direct manager? Because you may see a leader's behavior. They may not have complete responsibility over you, right? I look at yeah. my former life in a banker. I looked at a lot of leaders that didn't mean they were managing me directly, but I had interactions with them and how those interactions went. I think the bigger thing is understanding was if that is your direct manager and leader, has the relationship always been this way? Yeah. Right. Um, what has changed? Is that just the past two years? Is this historic? Do you see it happening 
to other individuals as well, yeah. right? Because you could have a leader who is a pound on the table, pound on their chest for everyone, um, but then individually is a very different type of leader or manager, right? So I think it's it's really understanding the situation. And to your point, it's not always about calling out. It's really understanding that situation, knowing your audience, because there is a big fear of retaliation, right? Yeah. And that is a real yeah. thing in corporate America right. around raising it. That's why a lot of HR, that's why a lot of organizations have confidential reporting. You can raise an issue, but really understanding the situation and, and where it started. Has this always been like this? Has it always been not yeah. a great um, re relationship? I use that word because I think that's what it, it tends, ends up being. Yeah. Um, and what has changed? Um, have you, is there something that, and you, we will always do like, oh, how did I, what did I do wrong? Um, yeah. What has changed? I mean, I think you know this. A lot of times leaders receive their goals for the next year ahead and they're higher and they're told to cut expenses and they're told to, and, and they're overwhelmed and they're insecure because guess what? In addition to you having all of that, they're looking at it across the the team or the company or the organization. And so really understanding what's happening during that dynamic is important. Yeah. So it's so interesting um, because I think you and I both have worked for people in the past who exhibit these bad behaviors, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, who are dishonest. They um, gaslight a lot, right? So they try to make it seem like it's not, it's not them. It's you. You know, I had this leader once who used to give me feedback all the time and um, the feedback was literally always about them yes. and making them feel more comfortable and like never about making me feel like helping me get better because uh, the person was just not positioned to be able to do that. And then when you observed the person's leadership style and the, the kinds of people that this person wanted to have around them, they wanted to have people who were exactly like them and who didn't challenge them exactly. and who didn't represent whether it's a threat or whatever. But, you know, I think one of the learnings around that is like, you got to be really like paying attention. This is where the organizational politics come into your point about how this person manages. What is it about them that causes this behavior? Because oftentimes, like, again, you know, to the point that the person was making, like there was something that broke these people or made them insecure or, and by the way, that doesn't make it right. Right, right, right. Not, yeah, right. that we're just saying that that could be the situation. We're just, we're just saying that it, it is an is thing, but you paying really close attention to uh, how they manage, what are the, like, what happens when they get really upset? You know, I had um, actually one of the best managers I've ever had in my life. And, you know, he just had this like very like thin line of like when something was really good, he was here. When something was really bad, he was here. Something was really good, he was here. Something really bad was here. And I always appreciated the fact that he always kept perspective about the bigger picture, no matter how challenging the situation was that we were going through. And he actively engaged in empathy to learn about what was going on with us, to help us to be that yeah. shield against um, the drama that was happening. But um, I would just say, like, look, the reality of the situation is, is of all the times that leaders need to not be behaving this way, it's right now. And it has been over the last couple of years. And, you know, we're, we're getting into the situation where a lot of people are like, oh, 
we're about to go back to normal, right? Yeah. So I hate to let you in on this little secret, but there is no more normal the way it used to be. It just cannot possibly be given the fact that this pandemic is still going on, despite the fact that some people want to allow folks to go without masks. It doesn't mean you're not going to, you're not going to be at risk to get COVID. And uh, it, it also means that, you know, there are things like long COVID and other things that could affect you. So you still have to figure out how you're going to navigate your way through um, this situation, which means it is a new normal. There are also a decent number of leaders who feel like getting back to normal means just like doing the same things that you did before. Yes. But we also know that that's not going to happen either because it's not possible with what happens with fluctuations with schools and the number of women that have dropped out of the workplace and all these other things that have happened. You know, we just have to be really thoughtful about the fact that there's not going to be a new normal, but yet there might be this group of people who you're working for who are expecting you to just behave the way you did before and blindly say yes to whatever decisions that they've made despite the circumstances. And so um, I think, look, if you're one of these leaders that, and by the way, leaders get feedback, ask people like, well, how am I perceived? And don't get defensive when people tell you something, like literally just listen and really like find people who are different than you around the organization and find people who are courageous, who aren't gonna tell you what you wanna hear but actually tell you the truth. And when you hear that, they say, listen, it really made me uncomfortable or it makes me uncomfortable when you do X. Or I've observed that, you know, maybe um, you haven't been as courageous as you could be when you talk to our partners or talk to our team. You haven't been as transparent as you yeah. could be. Uh, I, I noticed that, you know, you said this, but you did that. Right. And listen for those things. Ask yourself, honestly, like, do I actually behave that way instead of getting defensive and like getting angry or just saying like, F you, I'm still just going to do what I'm going to do. And then ask them for help on, well, what would, what do you think I should do that could help me change the behavior? Now, listen, I will also say that um, for leaders who behave this way and, you know, there are some of you out there. If you need therapy, get therapy. Because, you know, I remember telling a team of people about this one leader who was behaving badly and whatever. I was like, well, you know, look, they were probably having these issues before they came to the office. They were just exasperated by the fact that they were at the office because it's more stress. But like, let's be clear, that's who they are. They, they, are, they don't behave differently when they get home because they'd be like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe it. Like, can you believe that so-and-so is like, like, yeah, I can't believe it because, you know they're not consistent when they're around. So I think leaders be introspective, get some feedback as to whether or not you are engaging in these behaviors. And by the way, sometimes you might engage in these behaviors and it may not be intended. You may not realize how you are being perceived or how people are receiving the actions that you are um, initiating. Um, just, you know, one more thing. And and that is, you know, years ago, one of my mentors actually said to me, she's like, you know what, you've got a really strong personality. And like, some people take you like one way, other people take you another way. It's really up to you to be very cognizant about how people receive the messages that you send both verbally and non-verbally. 
And when she gave me that advice and I started like really paying attention to body language, to tone of voice, um, to whether or not people were like leaning in, eye contact, like all those things actually started giving me really interesting clues about how the audience that I was engaging with, whether it be one-on-one or in a group or giving a speech to 5,000 people, um, helped me really, really dig down into giving those those organizations, those people or whatever, what they needed, not necessarily what I wanted and to make sure I was connecting on the things that were most important. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, with everything that you said, I wanted to just to add a couple of things. I think there's also as leaders and, and as managers, and, and they're two very different things, but a leader has people responsibility as is a manager. How you provide feedback is critical. Um, is it real feedback that's constructive or is it criticism? A lot of insecure managers and leaders just go to the criticism. That's easy. It's really, it's much more difficult, but much more productive. If you think about let's make this a productive conversation and real constructive feedback. Um, on the back of that is this whole concept of 360 degree feedback, right? And I'll use a couple of small examples. When I was at JP Morgan, we, that, that was a very big process was 360 degree feedback. And I remember my first time getting it and you have to get it from all of your direct reports. It's anonymous. And then you had to pick, I think at the time was five to 10 sort of stakeholders that you had some type of influence over the product partners, your finance manager, whatever. The first time I read it, I was like, oh my God, I do that. I do this. Oh my gosh. And so without actually trying to deduce who said all of these things, I really, like you said, introspectively said, okay, tone, body language. I was also living in London. I was American you know, I'm coming in, I was the newbie coming from Bank of America into JP Morgan culturally, right? Really understanding all of that. And I think 360 degree feedback actually is, can serve a really great purpose because it may, as a leader, make you aware of things that you don't know you're doing to your point, Susan. I think the other thing is it can help start to break down some barriers that you may have with an individual on your team team members or stakeholders where communication might be an issue. Um, And so I think that if companies don't have that, many small companies aren't going to have that yet. But how do you put in a process where there is a real opportunity for a two-way straight of feedback? As a manager and leader, I want that. I want to know what I'm I'm doing. Maybe it's subconsciously. Maybe it's, you know, I just don't even realize it. Um, I'm a passionate person. So sometimes that can be misconstrued as anger or a being, I'm super emotional. Um, and then the other thing that I would say is, you know, and I have had those same bad managers and had some great managers is inherently people are good, right? And so- Really, are there ways for you to create an environment, even offline, to have a conversation that's productive and constructive with that that leader? Um, I'll give you one example. Same same organization, J.P. Morgan. I got feedback from my direct manager at the time from a, that a product partner was very unhappy with me. Didn't like my tone. Didn't like my aggressiveness. For lots of different reasons. And he basically said, listen, he's in he's in the U.S. When he comes to London, maybe go grab a coffee with him. 
we went and grabbed a beer instead, right? And that was fine. And I just said, listen, tell me, let's have a real conversation around what's working and what's not working between us. Because remember, Susan, as we said earlier, it's not just about your direct manager. A That's leader right. can also be someone that's not, you know, you don't have that direct responsibility to or linkage to, but they are part of your performance review. They sit in that room. You are a topic of conversation. And honestly, it was the best beer, and I'm not a beer drinker, I've ever had because he said how he likes to be communicated to. I said how I like, what? how did we meet in the middle? How did we make it a productive relationship? He ended up being one of my best not only product partners, sponsors within the organization, because we kind of cut out the bullshit and figured out how to kind of make it a workable situation without gaslighting, without being mean, without um, being derogatory and without belittling, because that's a word that I don't think that we use enough. Uh, we see a lot of leaders and managers that belittle their staff. They do. And they, um, because, you know, in the words of my grandmother, they start believing their own hype, even though it wasn't there. Uh, and so, you know, um, having a really big title can be very intoxicating uh, and it can be um, lonely, right? And it could be a lot of different things, but it really is up to each leader to earn their way back to the ground, to like really make it an extra special effort to connect with their people. And when you get the feedback go figure out what you can do. Now, some companies will um, get people executive coaches. I've seen this where they're like, oh, the person's really difficult. Get them an executive coach and yes. the coach will come and give them the plan. They still don't follow the plan. Look, if they don't, then it's really incumbent upon organizations to act decisively. Like those people can't be a part of your organization if they consistently and on a regular basis, like engage and behave like that. And never has it been more important than right now because people have a lot of choices about where yeah. they're going to work, right? And, you know, most people leave their organizations because of their manager. It doesn't really, most times it doesn't come down to the fact that, oh, you're not paying me enough. Now, look, if they find out you're not paying them what they deserve, then that's going to be problematic. And they're going to be pissed at the manager about why the manager didn't go fight for them or make sure that they got that support. But most people leave because they can't work for somebody because that person is like, very challenging, belittles them, yes. um, doesn't, you know, take the extra effort to connect with them, doesn't recognize, is not balanced in their feedback and engagement, uh, and isn't um, invested in a person's success. So yes. um, I will tell you, look, uh, leaders, if you are not invested in success, the success of your people, they're going to know it. If it's all about you, and what works for you and how you can be better, but never about them, there's going to be a group of the best people that you need around the table who are going to yeah. choose to go do something else. Yep. Um, you know, look, before we run out of time, I, I want to make sure that we kind of shift to this whole conversation. I see some um, thumbs up and some hearts going up in the live broadcast, but I want to shift to the, the conversation about uh, employees. And if you're working for people, uh, who are these like bad leaders, bad managers who gaslight, who don't tell the truth, who aren't, you know, like, so first of all, um, the best piece of advice I can give you is like, if it's like your dream job and there's really like some really great things about the job that you're trying to put bullets on your bulletin board for, then like figure out, say, I'm willing to endure this situation 
for this period of time so I can get these experiences and then I'm out and be clear about getting out. The second thing is if you can't take it and it's affecting your mental health and you're finding yourself going home and you're like upset and you're you know struggling with how you're going to deal with this person every day, then it means that you got to make a change. But yep. before you make a change, you know, to Kate's point, because a lot of people are concerned about retaliation and that's very real. So get your optionality up, go out and find yourself some other options so that you have some things in the bag. So you can basically be like, look, I'm out, but before I'm out, let me give you some feedback about why I'm leaving. <laughs> right. Cause the exit interview is like really, really powerful. And a lot of people don't use that as a way to help drive transformation and change in an organization. You know, there is a, um, a person that I know who is like a horrible manager, right? Just horrible leader. And all of their people were leaving, right? And uh, everybody was like, oh, you know, the, and by the way, there's always gossip and chatter. People always talk about what kind of leader and kind of manager you are, whether or not you like it or not behind your back. And you'll know whether or not people want to come and work for you versus not, because they'll let you know. They won't apply for the jobs to go support you or they'll be like, OK, well, I'm willing to do this only because I'm going to get this amount of stuff. Yeah. But there was a person. Terrible. And so I finally just said, well, have you guys done exit interviews with their people? And they were like, well, you know, we, we really haven't. I was like, well, go call them. Like, go pick up the phone and ask yes. them why they left. And unequivocally, they were like, this person didn't support me. They were never honest with me. And by the way, the honesty always comes out in the year in review, right? Um, because people will be like, oh, you're really great. You're really fantastic. You're doing a wonderful job. And then you get your rating and you're like, well, hold up. My rating doesn't reflect what yeah. you've been talking about all year oh long, <laughs> right? Or my, right. Which then in indicates how your compensation is. And then, you know, have these people who end up with these like really unhappy situations. Cause they're like, but you've been telling me this, but yet when I look at my compensation and I look at my, my rating, it's not where that is. Well, those are big signals to you that that's gaslighting going on. And, you know, when people say, Oh, well, you know how it is. We only have a certain number of, um, you know, ones that we can give in the organization. And well, you, you performed as a one, but I didn't have enough. So I had to give you a two that's gaslighting and that's BS. Right. So the reality is, is they're not being honest with you to tell you like, look, I wasn't willing to put myself on the line to give you what you, what you deserve. If we both agree that. And so, um, if, if those are the kinds of leaders that, you know, you find yourself working for, then you need to leave. And when yeah. you are interviewing for your optionality at new places, you need to probe for the culture and probe that leader for how they make decisions. What are, how do they deal with conflict in their organization? And what are the big challenges? How do they deal with the big challenges that come their way? You'll learn a lot from what you hear from them. And then ask other people that you interview with about that leader. Uh, yeah. And you know, LinkedIn is a great tool. You can find people who've worked for folks. I get this all the time. I'll get phone calls from recruiters who'll be like, this person is being considered for a board seat or a whatever. Can you give me back channel on the real yeah. them? Guess what? Folks are going to tell it. Yeah. I, you know, and Susan, I know we're, we're wrapping up soon, but I think the other thing is, you know, the red flags, right? You got to go with that gut feel, that gut but not everybody is in the financial position to be able to do that either. So to Susan, to your earlier point, start building up 
right? If you know it's not the place for That's you, right. you've not seen any behavioral changes, then you better start thinking about plan B, right? How do you get to leave? Where do you go? Start looking at other companies, you know, look at companies that you'd love to work for. Who do you know in those companies? So that when you can leave, you feel good. You're not just walking away. Now, and I will say some people take it for much too long and then they just end up ripping the Band-Aid off. Um, yeah. But if you're worried about that, then start working on your plan. Start thinking about where else you want to work. What does the culture look like there? And start to, again, back channel and getting um, perspective. I know we're right at time, uh, but this is obviously a great topic of discussion. I think that we can weave this into probably every week's conversation. Uh, but in the absence of doing that today, um, we want to thank you for tuning in and just remind you that Navigating the Work Compass is now a podcast. Uh, yes. So you can tune in each week here on LinkedIn Live, but you can also download the episodes now on Google and Apple, yes. right? iTunes, uh, to navigating the work compass. And you can download about 20 previous episodes, not only hearing Susan and I talk about this, but also many of our guests. So we encourage you to tune in, download, and then uh, certainly join us each week on navigating the work compass. And give us your feedback. So you can Absolutely. shoot us notes on LinkedIn. We'd love to hear ideas about what you're concerned about and what you're thinking about as well. And we're happy to address them during our conversation. So until the next time we talk, enjoy yourselves, take good care, be safe and navigate the work compass as best as you possibly can. You got it. Thanks, Susan. Feel better.